Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Have you ever heard of the CrossFit workout, Murph? Uh, Think what you want about CrossFit. This workout is tough. It's a one-mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and 300 squats followed by one more one-mile run. Challenging as it is, there's a version of it that's called the weighted Murph, where the athlete adds a weighted vest to the workout just for fun. And never in my life have I considered putting on a weighted vest, but when the Amorpho team reached out and asked if I wanted to try the product, which weighs much less than a typical weighted vest, I was quickly intrigued. Oh, and by the way, this is the Sweat Lives Podcast. We got goals, and I'm Gina Anderson, co-founder and CEO. And joining me today is Stefan Olander, the co-founder and CEO of Amorpho, a gravity sportswear solution focused on making you stronger, fitter, and faster Stefan, before we jump into the episode, in 45 seconds, what does that mean? Uh, what does what mean? The getting fitter, faster, stronger? The gravity. The oh, gravity yeah. of it all. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, so gravity sportswear is uh, the simple notion that by adding a little bit of weight to your body when you're moving, when you're working out, you make better use of the Earth's gravity, making it just a little bit harder so you get a little bit more back. That's as simple as it is. Yeah. Efficient with time to spare. Yeah. And so at A Sweat Life, we start every day and every episode of the podcast with one good thing. It's our way of expressing gratitude and just being in the moment. So what is one good thing? Well, I mean, I think it's in your title. For me, I think uh, sweating. I genuinely feel if I'm, you know, having a rough day or, uh, you know, I just need to clear my mind, whatever I do from, you know, to get a good sweat in, whether that's a run, a walk, play tennis, go to the gym, go lift weights, I always feel better afterwards. So for me, actually, physical activity and sweating is, is I'm grateful for that. Yeah, I love that. Um, oh, man, this weekend, I was at my my soon-to-be sister-in-law's bachelorette, and I made a, it a point to get up before the day's activities started and take a little walk um, before the Arizona heat hit. Um, and just adding a little morning movement and a little, in my case, I added some meditation, like took my shoes off, got ground. It was so lovely. I'm all in on your on your good thing. Good. My good thing. Are you ready? I am. Lightning. <laughs> um, so I love the phenomenon of lightning. I think it is so interesting that we live on a planet where bolts of electricity come down from the sky. And yesterday I was flying home through a, a thunderstorm, um, which is, t- it's scary depending on who you ask. I mean, it's scary to me because there was a lot of turbulence, but you look to your left and you look to your right and there was lightning everywhere. And it was so beautiful. It's just a, a lovely reminder that the world is so much bigger than us. It's uh, but it's majestic. You know, you look at that and you feel, and especially if you have, like if you're seeing it from above or if you're in a place where you have real, really, really good views, it is, mm-hmm. there's something so 
incredibly powerful about it. So I'm with you. I, I love a good thunderstorm. Yeah. Have you read the book Awe um, by Dr. Keltner? I don't think so. Oh, I highly recommend it. Oh, it, yeah? Yeah. So he talks about how awe is the sixth emotion. It's essentially this, this wonderful thing that we can tap into as human beings that is just the existence of human kindness, of like majestic mountains, of hiking, all of those things allow us to experience awe, which actually releases oxytocin, the love chemical in our brain allows us to feel those wonderful things. So awe is I also the, produced by lightning. Add it to your list. Uh, amazing. I'll add it to the list for sure. Okay. Let's talk about simulated hypergravity and amorpho. How'd you get into this, Stefan? Where did weighted apparel become something that you really wanted to pursue? Uh, I mean, you know, like all, all stories, they, they, they tend to be like uh, multiplied over time, right? So I worked at Nike for a long, long time. I was over two decades at Nike, started in the Nordics, then I was in Holland, then I came here to the US. And, and while I was there, I got to work on all sorts of innovation. And and uh, it was actually something that had nothing to do with Nike, but you, you know, you kind of learn to look for things that sometimes obvious improvement might be staring you in the face. And, and I actually, for me, it started with a Murph. Like you said, that workout, I had done it a few times. And the proper way of doing the Murph is actually with a weighted vest. And I'd never done it that way. So my buddy BJ brought along a weight vest. We did it the right way, which almost killed me. Uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, but it was just this, I had this, you know, sometimes you just have an epiphany. As I put this thing on, I had never worked out with a weight vest before. I'd played sports my whole life, but that wasn't really my thing. And and I was like, I just feel different when I put this on and you sort of strap it on and you feel powerful. And and then at the same time, I was exhausted, right? Because the workout was so intense and it just something completely changed. And it triggered this idea in my mind. I was like, why, why is this so ugly? Like, so I went and did some, you know, some very uh, sophisticated Google research where you just start looking for weighted vests. And I'm like, they all look like sh And I, <laughs> You can so swear on this that? podcast. Yeah, that's all right. So, and also no one had ever designed it for women. Like there was no, there was no women's weighted vest. It was all for dudes. It was all, you know, black and bulky looking and almost like a badge of honor, but, but I was like, this thing works. And I started doing more research around the science behind this. What happens when you load the center of gravity the right way with the right weight. And we'll come back and talk more about the right weight a little later. But, but for me, it was this, I had this aha. And I'm like, wait a minute. And why has no one actually taken the time to create a solution that shows you how to use if you were to make a weight vest by and we we embed nfc tags in our vest near near uh, field communication so if you hold your iphone it just fires up a workout that tells you how to use the vest and get a good workout in 10 20 minutes so but that was sort of the the genesis of the idea i just had this like wait a minute this would be so cool and then i forgot about it this was years before i had left nike and then eventually left nike because i had this burning desire to just go create something and teamed up with a remarkable group of people. Um, the first one I talked to was our designer, Natalie Kandrian, who uh, I said, you know, I, I want to make this amazing vest and can you design it for me? And, and we started talking. She's like, well, we don't really start with a design. We got to develop it. And for that, we need a developer. And we went and talked to Irina Ilcheva, who joined our team. And then, 
And that just became the beginning. What was a vest in the beginning, because you asked me about Gravity Sportswear as a whole, because we have a whole collection, right? That ranges from shirts to, to shorts to tights. It was this notion that the same simple insight, that idea of loading the body with the right weight, was so powerful, but no one had thought about it through the lens of what we call micro-loading. So a traditional weight vest, you know, weighs 15 pounds, 20 pounds, and it and you can't you move it's really hard to move naturally when you load your body with that much so we took the other approach which is what if we created a collection where the weight was so small that you forgot that it was there you could move the way you were intended but you could still get the benefits of doing it for the listener who can't see me i'm nodding wildly uh because that was my experience, but we'll get to that. Um, and we invest, just like you're saying, Stefan, they're usually marketed as 12 pounds to 140 pounds. And and they they look like combat apparel. Um, but the vests that you've created in a suite of other apparel are five pounds for women and 10 pounds for men. So why? Why lighten the load? What's What's the benefit of that? You know, this is so fascinating. And I can't tell you when we launched how many times we had, especially guys, to be honest with you, coming, well, this doesn't work. It needs to be this or that heavy because they were told by someone that it should be. And there was no real science to that. It was more a badge of honor. Right. And they were we were getting criticized for having a vest that was lighter than the other ones and also priced at a higher price point because we spent an enormous amount of time making sure that it was comfortable, that it was durable, that it had a digital connection. And those things cost money, not the weight itself. You know, people get obsessed. Like, yeah, I can throw in sand in this and say it's 40 pounds. That doesn't make it better. But there is this notion that you equate weight with price value versus the right, the right weight is what matters, not heavyweight, right? So, but we started looking at this and, and when um, I got connected with Dr. Erin Fazer, who'd spent her PhD researching microload and this idea that it doesn't have to be, actually it shouldn't be 15 pounds or 20 pounds. It should be heavy enough that you get the rewards, but light enough so that you can move naturally. And ironically, with women, this is less of a problem because women don't have the same need to be like, yeah, I can pack on more weight. They're more asking out of curiosity, what's the right weight for me, right? So we don't run into encounter this um, misconception as much with women as we do with men. But And the women's vest, we deliberately chose to make it five pounds and create it ergonomically, anatomically for the female body. Because the it's just you have to realize that you can't put weights in the same places. Uh, you know, we're just our body shapes are different. And, and what Natalie and Irina and Liz and our product team really spent time on was how do you make it comfortable for her? And the right weight was for her is five pounds because it's enough that you can get the benefits from it. But it's not so heavy that you start hurting your joints and tendons and ligaments and you move like a robot. Same thing for guys. And Right now, we're having so many elite athletes because elite athletes are not bound by that same macho thing. They're just I just want effect. So we have Alexander Madison, who is one of our ambassadors, who's a, a running back for the Vikings, who says 10 pounds is perfect. And I tell these guys who are claiming that they want heavier stuff, I'm like, you know what? He's in better shape than you are. And if 10 pounds is enough for him, it's enough for you too. But anyway, long-winded answer to your question. But for her and for him, it's like finding a weight 
that is comfortable for you to wear, whether you're going for a hike or a run or a walk or a high intensity workout so that you can have it on the whole time, but not, you know, enough so you get the effect, but not so heavy that you start risking injury or, you know, can't move naturally. You, and you forget as a, an everyday athlete or an athlete, probably athletes don't forget because it's really worked into their training that load is progressive. Um, and that's what a personal trainer will tell you. That's what yeah. a physical therapist will tell you. You get the movements right first and then you add load. Um, so adding a 40 pound vest, a 50 pound vest, when you're not necessarily perfected in your movement patterns, isn't, isn't going to do you any good at all. Right. I think you're spot on. And you know, if you were, you're better off lifting weights than putting 50 pounds on your body, quite frankly, unless you are, especially if you're in the military, it's a different story. They have different needs for having to be able Mm -hmm. to carry those loads. But for everyday athletes, it's just nonsense to think that you need anything more. You know, it's just, you just, you're overloading, you're not moving naturally and you're actually causing running the risk of causing damage. Yeah. And I worked out in the G tight, which is one pound and the G tank, which is 10 ounces. And I was honestly, I put it on, couldn't feel it. I was skeptical because the, the, just the weights are exactly to your point distributed. So evenly, so you really don't feel it in the moment. However, (laughs) I, I was, uh, using the, the G, the G suite, the G tight and the G tank in a studio fitness class that had a treadmill sprint, um, and a treadmill set. And as soon as we turned on that treadmill and we were running and sprinting, I realized really quickly that my speeds were a little bit lower, um, that my legs felt heavier, that I really, I really could feel it. Um, so I actually did feel like I was working harder in, in particular when running. Um, is that sort of what you're hearing from your athletes or what are they telling you? Exactly that. You know, it's really funny. Like we have, we work with Annie Coons, who is an amazing heptathlete, Ayla Tamjanovic, tennis player. So what they use, what they often say is like, it sneaks up on you. So it's not like you, you know, sometimes you, 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 well, if you go to a gym and you lift a heavy weight, you immediately know that, okay, I'm going to maybe be able to do five reps or 10 reps. This is different. So you take our tights to your point and you're like, well, I don't really know if this is going to make a difference to which I say, why don't you take them for a spin? And then people go out for a run or a fast walk. And like, amazing. Like after a while, this accumulation of weight over time creates a resistance that, you know, causes an overload on your body, which in turn makes you stronger, but it doesn't do it in that immediate like way. It, it, it's more, and, and I, and I like that whole, the idea of it sneaking up on you, you know, to your point, when you pick it up, you're like, Oh, this is not so heavy. I don't know if this is going to work. Every single person that comes back from a workout, they go, Oh man, I really felt that at the end. Yeah. They're like, actually, (laughs) and and it was also, it looks interesting too. Like it looks good. It's fitted to the body. It was a conversation topic. Like the instructor asked me about it. The front desk asked me about it. People on the street asked me about it because I was, I was like, if I'm going to wear this, I'm going to wear this. I walked to the gym in it, walked home in it and I got stopped and asked about it. Um, but it wasn't like a, ew, what are you wearing? It was like, whoa, what are you wearing? Um, it's like space age. Um, and so I, it started a lot of conversations, which was really fun. You know, it's really cool. We, we launched this, we we developed this during COVID and, 
and launched it at the tail end of it. And the weird thing was when, when we were wearing prototypes, and this was a time when everybody were a little scared of, you know, contact. People would walk up and be like, can I touch it? It's amazing because it has the, what we call the G-spheres, which are the weight, right? That are There are hundreds of them distributed. People would come up and touch. And at the beginning, it was you? like, ah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but it is really – so the, the, I want to touch on the design because you mentioned this is something that Natalie, obviously our designers, done such a great job is how do you create something that has that magical – uh, intersection between form and function because we knew we had to add weights but if it didn't look good or it didn't feel nice when you put it on or if it wasn't washable like any normal shirt or tight no one would ever care mm-hmm. so that you know we, we know that you know it's the first three things on the list is how does it look how does it look how does it look and then you mm-hmm. can get into you know you want the function function and the benefit as well and and it has an arresting look it, it just does yeah, it is. It's really interesting. Like if you told me it was for NASA, I'd be like, yes. Um, and I was also thinking about the other the other applications of how you could add weight. And I think you chose the best one because you could make the garment thicker, but then you're too hot. You could um, add like a belt of weight, but then it's not evenly distributed. Um, so it, it really does like it does the job and it looks good. Love it. All right. Should we talk about science? Let's talk science. I mean, we've been talking about science, but there are studies upon studies that your team sent me, like one done in Finland where participants had reached what everyone had assumed was the upper limits of their potential in things like vertical jump. Then scientists had the participants wear a weighted vest and surprise, surprise, they jumped higher. And another one involving soccer players who warmed up wearing resistance and they perform better with resistance in their workout. It enhances golf swing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why hasn't anyone <laughs> brought this technology to the masses in this way before? Like, Why were you the first one to do this? You, you know, it's, it's so fascinating to me. One of the first questions we get, especially from elite athletes, is like, I can't believe no one's done this. Now, there have been a couple of companies that have done versions of this. They're modular systems that you could, you know, attach... Um, I don't know if they used Velcro or something like that, which, you know, is the same general idea uh, has been around for a while. Ankle weights, wrist weights. Uh, so uh, the, the, they're, they're sort of the idea of adding load had been there. Weight vests have been around forever, ankle weights, wrist weights, and, and other, some other. But, but it's that you have to execute it in a way that, like we talked about, it's got to be. It's got to look nice. It's got to be user-friendly. If you introduce a bunch of friction where someone has to change where stuff is placed or you can't wash it or it doesn't work or function like a normal piece of clothing, it's really, really tough for that to, to ever take off. So I think, I think we're the first ones that have done this in a very thoughtful, beautiful way that also is functional. And, and that's why we're so excited about this entire category. The idea of training weighted training gear is so incredibly intuitive and obvious that we know this is going to grow into an entirely new category of its own you know things take time it was way back in the day when under armor introduced compression base layer no one had actually thought of that as a category that's a category yoga pants that wasn't a category that's an enormous category and then the same way we view gravity sportswear and the idea of weighted training gear is an inevitable category because why would you not if you could get more effect from any workout that you do by changing only what you wear 
why wouldn't you? It's, it's like, you know, we, we all love working out, or many people love working out, but we do it for a reason. Why We want results. Well, if I told you you could get results quicker by just changing what you wear, why wouldn't you? And, and it's so obvious that we're pretty confident in this category. I love it. Um, yeah. Okay, so what I love about everything you just said is, is the fact that you're right. You've, you've developed a category. You've pioneered a category. And everything you said made me go like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Like even now folks will say, how compressive are those, are those yoga pants um, when they're looking into a new brand? So it's, it's true. We start to accept that compression makes us feel better, makes our muscles a little less sore. And then we look for that in everything that we wear. Now we know that athleisure is what we're going to wear day to day. So we're looking for the yoga pants that make us look and feel and perform our best. And now we're just going to add weight to our clothes. Yeah. With a morpho. Exactly. All right. Let's, let's talk about community. We are obsessed with community at a sweat life. And I know you're making content, um, for the amorphies. Is that what you call your community members? That's what I call them. Uh, yeah, I like that. You know, we, we might adopt that. We, we, <laughs> okay. we call them the amorpho crew, you know, or inside. Oh, I like basically. that too. Yeah. Yeah. Inside. Okay, good. Are your users working out together or forming community in any way? In, it's a combination, you know, so what, what's really interesting about this when we do events with gym partners and we have a number of people wearing it, you could see there's this certain, you know, the nod. It's like, yeah, we're, you know, we're working a little harder than the rest. So that's kind of cool. It creates an, an energy and, and a vibe. Uh, but, you know, I don't think you force community to happen. It, it creates itself because people are drawn into a shared passion or an energy or an interest. Uh, and, and we're trying to create the foundation for that by creating amazing content that is inspiring, our ambassadors, which we love that are inspiring, and then create great product at the center of this. And then, you know, we created our app, our uh, you know, where we have our gravity sessions, like I talked about, to give people a chance to come together around this idea of, what is gravity training or weighted training where you get a little bit more from it? So we love seeing that. And that's a big, big focus for us is giving people a reason to, you know, using this whole idea of gravity sports who are at the core, uh, give them give them more from their workouts, regardless of what they are. Uh, so that is the way we, we try to create community, but also let community create itself. Because I, I think mm-hmm. you, you don't force you don't force it. You create uh, opportunities for it to grow. It's a chemical catalyst that you uh, you just put the parts out there and you hope that the catalyst works. Are you yeah. are you planning on? I think I saw an amorpho pop up on Summer House um, this season. Um, are you? Tell me if I'm wrong, but are you planning any pop ups this year? To it. So we haven't decided yet. And, and the reason for that is, you know, w- the reason we would do it is because we have, so we are a direct, predominantly a direct consumer brand, but it's hard to see 70% of people for the first time they see our brand, they see it on a phone and you, you've had the products, you know, it's really hard to convey through a phone screen, how beautiful they are and how they function. Right. So we said, we would love physical touch points. A lot of that has been with gyms. So gym partners uh, are way back in the day when we started, we started working with Dog Pound out of LA and New York have been tremendous partners when people show up at their gym. And then we've since expanded that and, you know, great um, uh, partnerships with other gyms, Equinox, Orange Theory, F45, etc. But um, 
but for us, like that, that whole idea of a pop-up needs to be in the right place at the right time for the right amount of, you know, and then we're a small team. So, uh, we're working on it. We'll see. I, uh, you'll be the first to know if we open up. Oh, amazing. Well, if you want, if you want any Chicago pop-ups, we can be your partners in that. Just planting the seed. Uh, okay. So the definition of biohacking, according of me- according to medical news today, is people making incremental changes to their body's diet and lifestyle to improve their health and well-being. Would you say that amorpho or or small wearable weight is biohacking? Absolutely. Yeah, because you know, like you just read the description there, right? But we. Um, biohacking has been around for a long, 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 long time. Uh, it's gotten a bit more popular lately. Uh, I had the privilege to work on sort of a quantified cell for the, the um, side for many years at Nike with, where we used sensors to try to derive more insight. But there's also nutrition. There's a lot in rest and recovery. And, and this idea of overloading the right way is definitely, I would qualify that as, as biohacking. It's and it's such a non-intrusive yet incredibly impactful way of biohacking. You know, we, we, we joke about this. I mentioned to you, a lot of women, when we talk to women, don't know about weighted vests because it's never been made for her. It's never been designed. It's never been intended. And for the first time, we've done a weighted vest that is absolutely gorgeous, made by women for women. And it can increase her calorie burn by up to 8%. Now that is biohacking. You know, normally you would have to do way more intrusive things to get to that. All we're saying is put on a beautiful looking, um, you know, piece of equipment and go do whatever you're already doing. So yeah, I, I definitely put it in that category. Yeah, I love it. And honestly, design for women. <laughs> I love that you all are doing it, included women in your design. We are the consumer. I mean, men are consumers of fitness too, but women are huge consumers of fitness. Come on, don't leave us out. And now it's time for show and tell. Let's share a tip, a resource, or an article you referenced. It can be related to what we talked about today uh, or outside of it. Do you want to go first or second? Um, I'll kick it off. Because then that that way, if you took mine, I wouldn't have to come up with something else. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, I'm going to talk about ice baths. Mm -hmm. I'm a complete convert. Absolutely love them and hate them. Uh, But, you know, uh, obviously, Dr. Huberman on his podcast talked a lot about it, Tim Ferriss, uh, Vim, who's the the, the, uh, kind of, I guess, the father of it all but there's a lot of talk about about it um and and it is it's pretty remarkable when you think about the physiological effects of cold plunges or ice baths but also how it makes you stronger and and allows you to conquer things that are really 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 uncomfortable so that would be mine and and i so i found a really cost effective i i bought this super small inflatable little plunge thing basically and i go buy you know three um uh, packs of ice throw it in fill up the rest with water jump into it try to last for five minutes three days a week and i feel incredible uh and and once you get into that i use music actually that's my way to get through it because it's so painful in the beginning in the beginning i did two minutes then three and then etc and now i'm telling everyone that comes over that you want to do a nice bath and (laughs) not everyone loves it 
But the, it's really, and it helps me recover, really, if I've had a hard lift or a workout, I really feel how I recover. So that's mine. I love that. It, I, it took me a second to realize you were pronouncing Wim Hof in the actual, like, way that it's supposed to be pronounced. <laughs> so I went, Vim, Vim, Vim. <laughs> I got there. Yeah. I got there. Yeah. Do you know, what's the brand um, of the ice tub that you're using? Oh, that's a good question. Um, that's okay. Uh, yeah. Put you I on the spot. Think, I think it could be new and new recover and new recover, okay. I think, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. I'll find it. Uh, yeah, but it was, you know, it was like 99 bucks and you get amazing. this and it's just fill it up with water and ice and you'll have an amazing experience. So you don't have to have an insane plunge tub. Um, and do, do you go all the way to the neck? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That's when you really get the, the mental benefits too. Yeah. Right. And yeah. And then, you know, the, there's, there's interesting, I, I mentioned, I referenced one of the podcasts um, and I mentioned this, we have a no more fun newsletter. I brought it up and I had, had some links to it. There's uh, a couple of people that have done a lot of research around it. And the really, really max effect is if you dunk your head under the ice water, that part I'm, I'm I haven't gotten to yet. I'm not, I'm not there either. Um, I have done full body cryo, um, in the, the, you know, yeah. like full door situations, which I enjoyed, but I was more afraid of it before, um, than I normally would have been just because of the idea of being in there and breathing it in, but it was fine. Um, and I did, I did feel really energized afterwards. Okay. Are you ready for my show and tell? I am. Yeah. Okay, so I went down a rabbit hole as I was researching, in particular, as I was thinking about the topic of biohacking. So I started Googling around scientific research that's been done on metabolism and adding weight in order to burn more calories. Calories, often just a unit of measure for how hard you've worked. And I found an article that I know I've read before, but I found an article in in the New York Times that reported on a study that essentially just really upended everything we knew about metabolism or everything we assumed about metabolism. Apparently there are four phases of metabolism in our lives and we've just really misunderstood them. Okay. Do you want to hear them? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So newborns metabolism, I'm quoting the article, by the way, resembles that of adults. Then when they are about a month old, their metabolic rate starts rapidly increasing until between 9 and 15 months, it is more than 50% higher than an adult, the equivalent of a grown-up burning around 4,000 calories a day. At that point, between age 1 and 2, the en energy expenditure starts to decline and keeps falling until roughly the age of 20. From there, it holds steady for 40 years, even during pregnancy and menopause. Then at 60, it drops. Um, men don't have an innately faster metabolism than women. Rather, they just burn more calories due to size and muscle. Uh, it's just interesting to me because women, men, everyone often talks about at age 30, 35, how their metabolism has slowed. Um, and it, it just, science just says that is not true. Mm. Super interesting. Um, could talk about it yeah. all day, but that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but you know what? I think the part of the reason why people 
think that is you're going through other life changes and then you kind of blame it on metabolism because, you know, mm-hmm. at that 30 to 40, people have kids and there's like they're in the middle of the career and there's so much else going on that impacts that. And I mean, I know for myself, I was in my worst shape possible physically in my I think in my late 30s, you know, mm. little kids working like crazy, eating like shit, and just mm-hmm. I, I I was not in a good place. And I could blame metabolism, but it was actually not what was the issue. I was the issue. Yeah, I, and I'm 37, and I feel like I'm in way better touch with my with my like body and its needs than I was at 20. Um, I'm not. I not like I don't look the same, but I feel like I am burning just as efficiently, if not more yeah. efficiently, because I'm yeah. more muscular than I was. But yeah, could talk about it all day. Okay, something yeah. we're loving this week as we wrap up this episode. Would you like to go first or second? Oh no, I need to think about that. So I'm going to go second and maybe okay. steal yours anyway. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so something I'm loving this week is shared photo albums. Um, I I know I'm not the first to say that this is delightful, but I love the experience of a shared photo album, either from a trip. I just went on a group trip and just looking through the photos that everyone shared was so fun. And also all of my friends with kids, I do not have children, but all of my friends with kids share their photo albums with family and friends who I get to see these kids every day, even though I'm not seeing them every day. And I just think it's lovely. Are you on anyone's shared photo albums right now? Yeah, I am. Yeah, actually we do a lot when we go, you know, with friends, uh, whether it's vacation or short trips, um, the idea of, of shared albums is, uh, is so, it makes it so much easier, you know, and it's so much better than most of the file sharing crap that's out there. Cause you just, yeah. you click and you're at it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, What's your thing you're loving? Uh, Oh, that's tough. There's so much awesomeness. Um, I mean, I have to say mother's day. Go on, say more. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of it's kind of funny. It's coming up this week, and it's it's one of those where you should say you shouldn't really have to have a special holiday for these things, but it is a fun one. And then I think it's you know it's nice to pause and think about all those things that you know moms do that we don't really always see. So that's going to be my thing. It's celebrating Mother's Day. Celebrating the emotional labor of moms. Um, how old are your kids now? They are uh, 23, 20, and 16. No way. Okay. For the listener, that feels impossible. Um, Stefan looks, I, I would put you at like maybe like 40. Um, oh, I'll take that. Have, uh, yeah. And you don't, have to, you don't have to say what your actual age is. Um, but you can if you want. I say my age all the time. Who cares? Um yeah, now's your chance. 15 and you're in the ballpark. Oh, wow. I love it. You're, I mean, so just so everyone who's listening knows, all of these biohacking things are working. He's staying very young. <laughs> um, before we go, Stefan, what do you want us to know about Amorpho? Where do we find you? Where should we start if we are just getting started with gravity training? I think two simple things, amorpho.com and amorpho. People always ask me, so what? Well, that's a hard thing to say. It's like thinking of morph, right? And then add an O at the beginning, omorpho. Uh, omorpho.com, our website, obviously. And by the way, and I didn't mention this, but 
I'm half Greek and Omorpho, the name uh, comes from Greek and it means beautiful because we think we create beautiful solutions. So, um, and then uh, our Instagram, you know, go check out Omorpho on Instagram. We have, uh, you know, a, a great um, energy coming out from people that are sharing. To your point about community, there's so often we get tagged and, and Hannah who heads up our social media does a great job of reposting these stories. So those two things are really cool, but I really, really recommend doing a little bit of, digging on the power of of this idea of microload and how beneficial it can be and also how good you can look doing it so for me those things combined is uh, uh i mean i'd I love for, for people that because usually when they come and check it out they're like i can't believe i hadn't heard of this but we're so new that uh just appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk to you and share more about omorpho and gravity sportswear and and hopefully it inspires someone to get a little bit more from their workouts and if you see me on the street wearing it, yes, you can touch uh, the calf. That's what I'll let you touch. <laughs> the calf <with> the pants. <laughs> um, and th- this has been delightful. I will make sure that all of the studies we referenced are in the show notes so that our friends who are excited about Amorpho can learn more about those studies. Um, you'll also be able to read more about calories and metabolism. And we'll link to the products we talked about. But this has been another episode of We Got Goals, which is in a sweatlife.com production. And another thing that's better with friends, thanks to Ryan Deffa for editing, Ryan Baryuga for audio or video production. Thanks to the Ryans. And thanks to Stefan Olander, the CEO and co-founder of Amorpho, for joining me today. Thank you for Thank having you. me. Bye. Goodbye.